This week on One Body Stewarding God's Creation, Dr. Amy Hogan tells us why fertility is important to God. Dr. Hogan is being interviewed by Divine Mercy Radio's on-air host, Ken Billinger. And now, here's Ken. Right now, we would like to welcome in Dr. Amy Hogan, and she is no stranger to Divine Mercy Radio. Amy Hogan, MD, CFCMC, which is Certified Fertility Care Medical Consultant, is a family physician with uh, extra training in fertility care and NAPRO technology. She's married to Dan. They have five beautiful living children. And we'd like to welcome in, once again, Dr. Amy Hogan. Dr. Hogan, thank you for joining us this afternoon. Hi, thank you. Glad to be here. We're just um, thrilled to be part of the Carathon and to promote the goodness of life and fertility. <laughs> well, we're we're excited to have you as always. Always great information that you can share with us, and and so we definitely want to um, uh, to kind of jump right into things here this afternoon. Want to kind of talk about. Why fertility is important to God is really the title. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, God says, Be fruitful and multiply. And in uh, chapter 9 of Genesis, after the flood, God again commanded Noah and his family, Be fruitful and multiply. Share with us your thoughts on why fertility is important to God. I think that God is, of course, the creator, the great creator. And so to be able to co-create with him, it's just you can't put a you can't put a word value on that. There's just no way to describe how amazing and awesome that is. What a privilege it is to be part of a new life. And of course he breathes the life into all of us. And so each day, thanking God for our own lives, thanking God for what he has made and how detailed and intricate the body is. It's just no wonder that he's given us this gift and it does renew the face of the earth. I remember Oh, gosh, when I was in uh, middle school, this is kind of going way back, but we had this time in the season of the year where they called it Renew. I don't know if you remember the Renew seasons, uh, but one of the songs that the, the pastor would pick out for those masses during that time would be talking about how we renew the face of the earth and use our talents to bring new birth. Well, as a middle school, it cracked me up. I was, I was like, what? Our talents to bring new birth? So me and my friends would just crack up to no end. But now in context of seeing God's grace and becoming a mother, watching other women uh, striving to become mothers, it's it's obvious that it's full of God's grace to uh, be part of fruitfulness of fertility. Well, we're going to talk a little more about that. In fact, one of the things that is always that question, we hear this a lot of times, you know, big families, big Catholic families. It's funny, we talk with some different mothers who generally come in and talk from big families and some of the questions that people ask. One pe- mm-hmm. one of the things that always comes up, some people argue that the world is overpopulated and that birth control is needed so that all who are living have enough resources. Share your thoughts on that, if you would. Well, today I was talking to my children at breakfast, and we were talking about uh, this particular topic, and and they were saying, Mom, the state of Kansas with its agriculture could feed the entire world. And I think with a a little bit of imagination, and if we used every single acre, I think that the state of Kansas probably could feed the entire world, you know? So 
Unfortunately, I think that the arguments for overpopulation are a little bit unfounded. And, uh, you know, what does he say? Go forth and multiply and fill the face of the earth. Well, if you've ever gone to uh, to Texas or been way out west, you know, there's still a lot of earth left to fill. So there's definitely not a population crisis. And, and, and years ago, when they were touting that there might be a population crisis, the agricultural things, the agricultural advancements hadn't been made yet. So we can now very easily feed the entire world with one state that has good agriculture in the United States of America. So unfortunately, all those people who were, were believing or believers that the world was overpopulated for that reason, for lack of resources, uh, I think they, they really haven't thought it through. So, so, so kind of giving back again, what, what have we done with our resources? I think it's learning how to share our resources, um, to get governments to work together, all those things. We can't fix in one breath, but we know who holds, you know, the goodness. That's, that's God. So keeping praying for uh, the world and the world's governments to work together so we literally can feed the face of the earth, that would be what we need to do next. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that's a great point. Some Catholic couples may not have known what God and his church teach about fertility, and they sterilize themselves. Is it possible to reverse sterilization? And what would you recommend if, let's maybe say, a couple wanted to uh, reconsider, obviously, and, and uh, wanted, uh, maybe went through sterilization? Uh, share with us your thoughts on what they can do. Well, there definitely are ways to reverse the sterilizations. The best thing to do would be to find a doctor who's really good at it or, or who does a lot of them. Uh, but but chatting with uh, one of the fertility care uh, practitioners or uh, one of the um, doctors like myself, we could probably find a way to refer you. But it's a little bit of a challenge. I think that sometimes we have to think to ourselves, is that what God is calling us to do? Uh, certainly, we our prayers are with you. If you have been sterilized or been injured by sterilization mentally, physically, that learning to see what God has for the next right step. Sometimes, you know, trying to reverse it may be undue uh, difficulty or undue uh, cost. So, you know, you have to really pray about what is God leading us for, and and does He want us to go through with this this process? But certainly, it is available. So, if you're hurting and you're you're hoping to have another baby, but yet you're sterilized, it is reasonable to ask around. Uh, you could call our office. You could, we could help to uh, find a way to refer you or to call to Pope Paul VI Institute in Omaha. Pope Paul VI Institute is where I got a lot of my training and the, the protocols that I use for NAPRO technology. And so finding out who they recommend or uh, the, the best people in your local region. So it's absolutely possible. Well, I wanted to share something with you, Dr. Hogan. I've got a good friend who, uh, uh, kind of an interesting story. They had three children, and he decided, a good Catholic guy, and at the time really wasn't, I mean, was involved in the faith, but really didn't truly embrace the faith totally, and ended up getting a vasectomy. And um, what it, what ended up happening, he had they had three children, had the vasectomy, and then you know, as as he began to really grow in his faith and learn more, I think he went through a retreat weekend. It really dawned on him. He said, you know, this is something that I'm not sure is right. He confessed it to the a priest. And um, one, you know, the, the priest, he asked the priest, he said, I've confessed this to, now, you know, do I have to get a reversal? It was what he talked about. 
And the priest told him it's not required, but it would be what's called, I think he said, a, a heroic act, something like that. Anyway, found a doctor, a Catholic doctor that does reversals and does it um, discounted, basically. I'm not saying that they're a, I mean, it, I say, I hate to use the word discount because it sounds like, you know, cheap, but <laughs> it's not, that's not how we mean it here. But uh, just because he, he encourages men to do it. And um, so it had the procedure done and then had three more children. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it was interesting because his wife, after it was all done, she she admitted to him. She said, I really didn't want that to happen in the first place. And so mm-hmm. it just changed their world. And, and they've got kind of two-part family. They've got the older kids and then the younger kids now, but a great family of kids. And uh, just some there's more amazing stories that come out of that. But um, right. it, it is one of those things that, yeah, that it can be done. And, you know, again, while the priest did say it's not required, it would be a, a heroic act. And he really that really Really, he said the Holy Spirit really played on him with that, and um, he decided, you know, they decided to do it, and it was a, a great blessing. So f- fertility is important to God. The question sometimes can be asked, why are there infertile couples? Um, can you share your thoughts on that? Well, I think that we all, as you know, as I know, all of us are imperfect. <laughs> so each person is going to have their little thorns or their big thorns to manage through their walk through the earth, their time on earth. And so this is a big thorn, though. This is a big, heavy burden. I think especially women, we feel like if we're married, that uh, children seem to be very, very dear to our hearts, that that's something so very powerful to be a mother. And to, some of us have grown up always wanting to be a mother, that, that it is. It's a very heavy burden to bear. So what I sometimes challenge the couples, though, is to realize that when they're walking through this challenge, this difficulty of having infertility, that they may need to realize that the challenges and the things they're attending to may not be just about them, that God certainly has a way to grow their own faith through it, Uh, but also other people may be watching. (laughs) We don't realize the impact we have if we keep the faith, even though we're not getting what we want. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, we we sort of want things to go our own way in life. Isn't that always the case, right? Uh, But but obviously infertility, the couples that come, it's it's heart-wrenching. You know, I'll, I'll hear stories about people have tried for three, five, seven years and with no success or have been to several other physicians or have done this or that procedure. And they really have walked already through the fire in a lot of situations. But so why does God allow that? You know, I think you and me both, we're, we're, we may not know till if we get to heaven uh, exactly why we're faced with certain challenges. But one thing I thought about when I was thinking about uh, this question today was that St. Therese, one of uh, the most popular saints of all the earth, you know, she suffered greatly at the end of her life, but it didn't make her less holy. It actually made her more holy. So we forget how often that suffering, while we don't ever want it, is is sometimes very refining to our faith and can lead others to greater faith and to be in awe of the challenges we've, we've faced. So I can't always explain the why, but I know that God never uses... Uh, difficulty uh, for nothing. He he does a great deal when we're resting in his uh, challenge he puts forward. 
we, we talk about that certainly that can be a challenge and can be tough for couples uh, who deal with that. Now, the, the good side of that, too, is there, I, and I know you can probably share a few stories here, and, and while we're talking about couples who are infertile, part of what you do is you're able to help couples who maybe struggle with that, and, and I know you've you've got some successes to, to share, and uh, any anything you, you maybe like would like to share as far as those couples who have struggled, you've been able to help them with fertility issues, and, and now are, are raising families together? Yes, absolutely. And it's been a little bit humbling to me, too, just to watch people and um, hear their stories. Uh, But I have a a few couples that are actually on their second and third. Uh, We always always say napro babies with with a little grin and a a chuckle in in our office, but really they're God's babies, uh, that God has a plan to bring them forth and to allow us to be part of it is such a privilege. Gosh, the faith that people have. I have one lady who came from almost the Colorado border, and she'd had um, several children, but sometimes having trouble getting pregnant, sometimes having trouble with uh, a baby that wouldn't grow in the uterus. And she came and she was saying, gosh, I feel like I'm still called to have another. And uh, it challenged me a little bit because I was looking at all of her different health concerns and that she'd had a blood clotting disorder and a couple of other things happened to her in her life. And I was thinking to myself, wow, this this is pretty heroic that she's still open and still desiring to push forward and, and have another child. And by the grace of God, uh, about three weeks ago, they called and said, we have a positive home pregnancy test. So we confirmed that with a laboratory test and started her immediately on uh, progesterone and some HCG and some other treatments. And um, so far, so good. So we're praying. We we continue to pray always (laughs) for all of our couples and uh, are just very blessed and humbled by them and trusting us with their care. Other girls will come and they'll be already close to 40. You know, maybe their life had uh, they hadn't gotten married very, very early. Um, just trying to figure out their cycles is sometimes a vindicating thing in and of itself. So we always hope for what they hope for, which is which is a baby. Uh, but sometimes just trying to figure out the hormones and get the cycles to be as wonderful and healthy as they can be is the first step, you know, to be able to say, what's your body telling us? And I think that that alone can, can help us see into what, what God wants us to do next. Well, one of the things you talked about there, and again, some great uh, stories, which I know are very gratifying for you. But as you always point out, uh, they're, they're God's babies, and and uh, but mm-hmm. the the ability to help these couples uh, give them hope as well. And I, I guess what I'm uh, the other point I want to make, obviously, if there's. Um, people listening right now who may be struggling with that, they can contact you and maybe uh, get a little guidance on, on what maybe steps to take to, to find out um, more and to see if, uh, you know, if uh, the fertility issues and things that can be, uh, that you can help them with. So we encourage people to do that right. this afternoon. And if, you're, and if you're a grandparent, it's not too late. To, you know, if you have some, some people in your family, you know, younger people who are struggling to encourage them to go the direction of NAPRO versus IVF. Uh, There's definitely great success in NAPRO, and it's done through helping to manage how the body is behaving and how to make it healthier instead of having, uh, you know, the, the tricky part about some of the more modern fertility methods is that they'll sometimes make babies in test tubes and have, you know, 10 to 20 babies in cold storage. And you know, that can be troubling for not for a lot of reasons. Uh, but if you're a, you know, you've got, you're a, you're a parent with, with children that are having infertility or a grandparent who has 
uh, children or grandchildren with infertility, ask them to consider NAPRO, NAPRO technology, to look up our office, certainly. Or uh, is it okay if I would share some of the fertility care teachers and their phone numbers around, or would you rather them just call our office? Very good, and certainly uh, we appreciate that. And, and uh, of course, your information is, is available. You're in Salina, Kansas, so uh, if mm-hmm. people want to find you, they certainly can. We're talking this afternoon with Dr. Amy Hogan and talking on why fertility is important to God. And, Dr. Hogan, we know from the Bible that there were always couples who were infertile. We heard stories of different couples, obviously, who were, were maybe even thought there were too old to have children, story of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, obviously Abraham and, and Sarah. But today mm-hmm. there seems to be more infertile couples than in the past. Why, in your opinion, is that happening? Does it have to do with nutrition, diet, and changes in, in our world? What, what, what would you attribute those things to? I think there are a lot of toxins in our world, and I think that stress is probably one of the biggest problems. <laughs> I think that we don't give stress as much credit as credit is due. I think young people kind of um, sometimes grow up almost too over-programmed and they're just used to it. They're almost used to being stressed out, which is kind of sad. Uh, But when it comes to fertility, if the body senses stress, it'll put off ovulation and it'll make things difficult for all the process to occur and the hormones to be balanced. So I think one of the number one problems we have in our current culture is stress. Um, the other thing is we're often seeing people wait longer, longer, longer to get married or once they're married to wait a long, long time to try to conceive. And it's just no joke. When you mature, the body changes, right? <laughs> so it just doesn't work quite the same as you uh, go on in life. So, you know, people that present at 35 versus 25, it gets a little harder. It does. Uh, the The body only has so many eggs that it are that it's going to produce uh, for each woman. It's it's a finite number, and we we forget how important it is uh, to consider uh, sooner the better in the area of fertility. So I think those two things, you know, certainly nutrition. We've we've kind of. I, I do a lot of wellness right now. It's one of my passions. Um, if someone wants to look up some of the things we're doing, uh, our website is onebodywellnesscenter.com. So they can go there for our information too. But but absolutely nutrition matters. Inflammation gets worse when we over-sugar and over-starch. And so we often talk about, you know, how are they doing with managing healthy eating and healthy exercise to calm down the stress. So all those things, uh, you know, certainly people's own individual uh, genetics always plays a part, but in particular, uh, stress and, and just waiting a little bit longer than we used to. We need to take a short break right now, but stay tuned to Defy Mercy Radio, whether you're listening on your radio, computer, smartphone app, or Amazon Echo, please know. We'll be right back with more about why fertility is important to God with Dr. Amy Hogan. This One Body Show is brought to you by Herman Physical Therapy and Wellness. The PT is in. Let's take a question. Can physical therapy help my back pain? In most cases, the answer is an emphatic yes. Back pain can often be managed through specific exercises or with manual therapy to improve the mobility of the spine. Thank you, caller. Troy, we have another question. Caller, you're on the air. Do I need to see my doctor first to get orders? Great question, and the answer is no. 
Most insurances do not require doctor's orders for physical therapy, and by starting with PT, you can often reduce costs and shorten recovery times from an injury. Thank you, callers, and thank you, Troy. Herman Physical Therapy and Wellness at 2707 Broadway Avenue in Hayes. On Facebook, online at hermanpt.com, 785-621-5888. on One Body, Stewarding God's Creation. One Body, One Body, Stewarding God's Creation. Why fertility is important to God. Here's Ken Billinger interviewing Dr. Amy Hogan. And our guest this afternoon, Dr. Amy Hogan, talking on fertility and um, why fertility is important to God. And obviously there's a lot of emotions tied into this, especially, I mean, with couples wanting to have children. And uh, sometimes that doesn't happen either quickly or maybe sometimes not at all. What kind of emotional and psychological distress to infertile couples, what, what do those couples go through? Well, it's it's a, it's a lot of varied emotions. Certainly, I have a lot of times where women and men can be fairly depressed. One of the best definitions for depression I've ever heard is when your reality doesn't meet your expectations. And so uh, a book that I once read on the topic of infertility was called A Hope Deferred, so that people have so much hope, you know, when they are uh, young and desiring to enter into married life that they're going to have a, a family or maybe they want a really big family and they only get uh, one or two. So even even those couples who, who have just one or two, but maybe they have lost some to, to miscarriage or to other things uh, or weren't able to get pregnant again, it's still a lot of pain, a lot of pain and suffering and, and hope deferred. Um, so, so depression, I see a lot of, of tearfulness. There's a lot of times when you know, the girls and the guys will be telling their story and they'll, they'll well up with tears about what they've been through or, or even during a treatment time, just being frustrated or anxious, um, impatient. I think we get very impatient. I think patience is a hard thing to, to, to enkindle. Oftentimes, you know, maybe we'll ask God, please give me more patience, but it's hard to really want to practice patience. And so uh, just kind of uh, I can certainly lament with the folks coming in that that they wish this would have happened yesterday. <laughs> they wish this would have happened three years ago. And so just learning and growing through that and, and how to be patient and and to be uh, docile about what's happening in their lives. So difficult, um, you know, and then there's also pressure. People feel anxiety because maybe their their parents have said, when are you going to have a baby? Aren't you, aren't you guys going to have a baby yet? You've been married for three to five years. Aren't you going to have a baby yet? I think that sometimes anxiety will enter in because they do want to meet other people's expectations. So, you know, just being able to, to walk with the people and, and to, to chat about their emotional needs and to encourage them how to manage their stress, even the stress of not being where they want to be right now. Uh, it, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty intense sometimes. 
So I think those are the number one things is uh, depression, kind of a sense of a hope deferred, and then also that anxiety piece. Yeah, I could definitely see all of those issues coming into play. Uh, Dr. Hogan, does fertility cause problems within marriage? Um, I guess, you know, obviously there's got to be some frustrations at times, and maybe maybe the spouse is saying, you know, this is, this is something's wrong with him, or he's saying there's something wrong with her. But obviously I can imagine that there that can cause some issues, and again, a little bit of stress as well. Right. No, I think it just plays right along with what you just said, which is, the couple wants to work together and they want to accomplish their goals together. And for some reason that's not working out for them. So I think it is, there's sometimes times when people will kind of play a a blame game, but what we try to do with NAPRO is to teach them about spice, which is to try to help work together, realizing that even if their goals don't come to full fruitfulness, that they together as a couple working together as a couple is the most important aspect of their married life. So we hope that we will help them achieve their fertility goals, but we also want them to, to SPICE is an acronym. It stands for spiritual, physical, intellectual, communicative, and emotional health. And so when we teach them NAPRO or we teach them the Creighton model of fertility care, we try to build that right in up front to teach them how important it is to work on other aspects of their relationship, not just their physical life or their, their life in the bedroom. So very, very important to, to see each other as a whole person. And also I sometimes encourage the women especially to use their mothering skills already, maybe to volunteer um, at a daycare center or to help out with uh, the daycare at church or to do some things for their nieces and nephews that they can already use their mothering skills and to hone those mothering skills, you know, well before that they become a mother. So sometimes God leads us to different ways of being a mother. <laughs> and that's always a good thing, you know, whether it's being part of a youth group. Uh, when when I was uh, a younger gal and didn't have children yet, I had um, some friends. I was in Kansas City doing medical school, and our friends said, why don't you guys be uh, youth group leaders with us? And, you know, that was exciting. We were kind of mothering to about 25 teenagers and going on uh, you know, ski trips and stuff. So that, too, can be a mothering skill that you'll 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 also appreciate someday when you have your own teenagers. So looking for other ways uh, to mother can be a great way to uh, challenge the, the couples going through the difficulties of infertility. But absolutely, uh, the marriage has to be worked on and uh, trying to not blame each other, trying to be patient with the situation. It is very difficult on a couple and, and is, is something we have to work with throughout this whole time. And Dr. Hogan, what kind of treatments are there for infertile couples that keep them in the will of God? Obviously, I know there's things the church does not, um, you know, not approve as far as couples uh, getting pregnant. But what are some of those things that uh, keeps them in the will of God that uh, obviously they can talk with you and find out a lot more, but share some of that with us if you would. Right. Well, the first thing we do is we teach them to chart their cycle with Creighton Model of Fertility Care, and that gives them almost a 30 to 40 percent increased chance just by doing that alone. Once you can identify the woman's fertile window, which is astoundingly only about 24 to 48 hours a month, that kind of takes the pressure off the rest of the month, and then the, the couple can actually know exactly when their fertile window is available to them. Now, men, if they're of good fertility, are fertile 24-7. So that's very interesting as well. But um, 
by understanding the woman's fertility cycle gives them a greater percent, almost 30 to 40 percent increased chance just by knowing the fertility alone. So we focus on the women with the fertility care cycling and the fertility care uh, charting, but it's very much the responsibility of the man to be part of that and to talk to his wife about what's their intentions and their goals. And then from understanding the cycle, it gives us a great window of opportunity. Uh, the door opens wide. I was, it's almost like one of my girls once said, she's like, it's as if the window opened and I could see inside the box. What was going on with my body? Why was it I was feeling the way I was feeling? So it really does shed a lot of light just by understanding. And the other part is uh, people sometimes have dysfunctional bleeding. They sometimes don't have enough for their fertility sign available uh, that we need to enhance that or that their hormones are way out of balance. Other times we have to go and send them up to uh, Omaha or to someone who can do specialized laser surgeries where endometriosis, people who have pain or problems, uh, cysts on their ovaries, sometimes they need a surgery to help correct what's wrong and to do it naturally so that they feel better, get that pain and those irregular cysts under control so that their body can function and make the proper hormones at the proper time as well. So endometriosis, a huge problem for infertility, and that has to do with where the inside of the uterus is actually seeding onto the other organs of the body and the internal uh, cavity of the body and making severe pain and irritation around the time of the, the monthly cycle. So getting those things corrected is the name of the game. What I love about fertility care is it's really very down-to-earth, um, very, um, makes it makes sense. Every time I went the classes for fertility care in Omaha, you know, I would just think to myself, gosh, that makes sense. And they teach us something new about the body and about the female cycle. That just makes sense. And so it, it's really a way to understand the body. And once we've done that, we get it to be functioning as best as we can. And from there, the couple hopefully meets their goals. All right, very good. A lot of great information you shared with us this afternoon. And so um, uh, anything else that we do have a little bit of time remaining, Dr. Hogan. So anything else that you want to share that maybe you didn't get an opportunity to talk about? I think definitely to add to the goodness of the Blessed Virgin Mary, that she herself gave her fertility as one of her most amazing gifts to the whole world. Isn't that just kind of gives me goosebumps to think about what our, our lady did for us. And, you know, she herself was a humble servant and her great service to us was to bear the fruit, to, to bear the word of life, the word made flesh to all of us. So what a huge blessing to see that the greatest saint of all time, one of her greatest feats was to use her gift of fertility uh, to bring Jesus to the face of the earth. So praise Jesus and thank you, Mary, for your love and tenderness towards us. I think one of my favorite psalms of uh, King David was his Psalm 139, and the verse 13 always stands out to me when I'm thinking about fertility and newborns and babies, and how he says, You formed my inmost being. You knit me in my mother's womb. And that always just strikes a chord with me and makes me think how amazing each and every one of us are. 
Um, sometimes when I talk to teenagers or have a chance to talk to high school students, I'll say each and every one of you are an extreme miracle of God. You can go home today and tell your parents, I am a miracle, and you would not be lying because that's what I think about each gift of life, complete and utter miracle. And when you have studied fertility, you realize how miraculous each awesome conception is and how gifted we are to, to have to to be able to draw breath and to be able to say uh, that God gave us that life and that he knit us together. So inspired just by the awe of the body and what he's done for us. I love that. You a great point. Uh, I yeah, knit you in, in your mother's womb. And uh, in fact, see that once in a while on bumper stickers as well. Again, just really promoting life. And uh, it is a beautiful passage. And it's pretty hard to argue with that, I would think. Mm-hmm. Without mm-hmm. a doubt. So, um, again, our guest this afternoon, Dr. Amy Hogan. Dr. Hogan, if, if somebody is listening today, maybe they're dealing with fertility issues and they want to find out more, can you, again, I know you mentioned it earlier, but, again, give uh, your, maybe your website and phone number information for those uh, sure. listeners. And is it okay if I share phone numbers, too? Absolutely. Sure. Okay? All right. So, certainly you can call us at 785-404-1603, um, or you can go to the website, it is One Body Wellness Center. So all put together in one word, one O-N-E, body, wellnesscenter.com. And on that website, you can read about NAPRO. You can read about how we don't prescribe birth control pills and, and a little bit of why. You can read a little bit about wellness. And uh, there's also a link there to get you to a fertility care teacher. And so there are fertility care teachers in the area, um, Samantha or Sammy Baker, is in Ellis Hayes area, and her phone number is 639-3285. And then Jackie Brown is in the Great Bend area, and I believe she's at 650-2474. And that's exactly how you get started learning about your own fertility, is to start charting with a fertility care teacher. So, again, that's uh, Samantha Baker, 639-3285, and Jackie Brown at 650-2474. If you missed those, I think there is a definite link off of our website where you can click on how to find a teacher there as well. All right. Very good. Great information. Dr. Amy Hogan, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Always great to talk with you, and we appreciate you taking some time out of your schedule today. Sure enough, you guys have a great day. Thanks for tuning in to this week's One Body Show, Stewarding God's Creation. Did you like this One Body Show? Then let us know by going to DV, V as in Victor, dvmercy.com and click on the One Body icon to leave us a message. Also, if you can help this nonprofit station pay its monthly bills, please go to dvmercy.com and click on Donate. You're listening to Divine Mercy Radio 88.1 KVDM Hayes and 88.1 KRTT Great Band. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts.